Log Talk Radio. With our arms open 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we need the spirit of the living God this morning to fall fresh on us. We don't want our running to be in vain. We don't want our living to be in vain. Uh-uh. We want to obey God. We want his spirit to lead and guide us because it leads and guide us into all truth. And not only that, it reminds us of things. Yeah. And it shows us the way to go. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I can be feeling bad. And I begin to think on the goodness of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord come and comforts me. Yes, yes, he will comfort you. And many times we need comforting. Hallelujah. I'm grateful unto Almighty God. I went through some things last night and I'm like, Lord, how in the world did I get here? What in the world is this? But how many know this? Great is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. And I know the enemy was angry with me because of uh, what I did yesterday. And, you know, was a, trying to be the best blessing that I could be. Patience, working, and he didn't like all that. He didn't like all that. So last night, I, I guess he decided to come against me, uh, you know, when I got home and relaxed and everything, he decided to come against me. But I still know this morning, greater is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Almighty God that have all the power is yet on my side today in spite of me. He's looking beyond my fault and yet meet my need. Hallelujah. And so I'm grateful unto him. Listen, we're going to morning prayer. And uh, when we come out, we're going to read a couple of scriptures, uh, a scripture, and then we'll go to uh, the first request, the song of the morning. I got quite a few today, but let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning that you are our God. We thank you that you're our Father, our Heavenly Father. We thank you that the earth is yours, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Father, we belong to you this morning, and there's nothing too hard for you to do. We come bow down and humble this morning, asking for forgiveness for all our sins and wrongdoings, wrong thoughts, wrong speakings, and wrong feelings. And though our sins be as scarlet this morning, Father, we ask that you would wash us as white as snow and cleanse us this morning from all unrighteousness and give us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew the right spirit within us today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for forgiving us, for putting our sins as far as the east is for the west, from the west. Father, we thank you this morning. Again, for looking beyond fault and yet meeting our needs. Thank you for being on our side. Hallelujah. Thank you this morning that if you be for us, you are more than the whole world against us. We're grateful unto you this morning, Father. We appreciate you and we love you today. Father, there's none like you. We can search all over, won't find nobody, nobody greater than Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Almighty God. Hey, Lord, that have all power. Thank you this morning. We thank you for all you've done already, waking us up, closing our right minds, 
Thank you for the use and activity of our limbs, our life, our health, and our strength today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you because without you, we can do nothing. If it had not been for you on our side today, Father, we don't know where we would be or even if we would be here. Oh, but your grace and your mercy, hallelujah. Most of all, your love abounds for us, and we thank you. We come this morning, Father, thanking you for the suffering of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you so loved us. You sent your only begotten son. And, Father, we believe on him this morning, and we're seeking eternal life. Father, we're preparing daily for your return. Yeah, we're working on our patience. We're working on things that we need to turn loose and let go of. Things that we feel that are not of you, God, we're letting them go. Hallelujah. And working more on getting more of you. Oh, we need just a little more of you daily, oh God. Hallelujah. To walk up right before you and man. And we thank you today. Father, we bring every call and every listener before you this morning. Asking, Lord, that you would bless these, your people. Bless those coming through the archives and the podcast. Father, bless every household represented here this morning, every family member, every friend, near and far. And, Father, we come this morning asking that you would cover our children today, our grandchildren. Lord, it makes no difference of their ages. They belong to us. You gave us children. And, God, we ask that you would cover them. Hallelujah. Lord, make them stronger. Remind them that you're almighty God who have all power. There's no higher power. And anything that they can't do, Lord, if they will come to you, you will in no wise cast them out. Help today. Help today in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask this morning that, God, you would bless those that are sick here. Move by your spirit in a mighty way in healing this morning. In the name of Jesus, touch and continue to heal Sherry, God, and let her not have no more problems, hallelujah, but that, God, you touch, hallelujah, and you have healed her in Jesus' name. Thank you this morning. Everyone that's going through stomach problems, eye problems, ear problems, heart problems, kidney problems, whatever the problem may be today. In our bodies, God, we ask that you would heal, overweight, overeating, heal today. You took a beating for the healing of the nation. Father, we are believing as yet healing in the hem of your garment. And this morning, we are pressing in to touch that hem that will be made whole in the name of Jesus. It's you that heal our manner of sickness and disease. Do it for us today. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your healing power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, loosen up limbs. Don't let us get so stiff anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever concerns us concerns you. And, Father, we're bringing our petitions before you. Hallelujah. Bow down in humbleness and honor and reverence unto you this morning. That, God, not only you hear, but that you would answer this day. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. We come this morning asking that, Father, you would bless those that are incarcerated. And God, remember the brethren this morning and the sisters that's locked up. But God, they are yet, they found you. And they are the candidate. Sit on the hill that can't be healed. 
Move in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Asking this morning that you would bless those that are in every branch of our military. God bless the administration of our military. Lead and guide, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless our brothers and sisters overseas. Lord, you know what they stand in the need of today. Supply the need for these, your people, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we also ask this morning that God, you would bless widows and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people, preachers. Father, Israel and Jerusalem, hallelujah. Move by your spirit today. Lucia protecting angels to stand watch, O oh God. Shield and protect. Keep us all from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus, continue to bless America and the leadership of America. Have mercy this morning, O oh God. And Lord, fix our leadership. Remind them that it's your word that heals. If you send your word, it can heal, O oh God. Because many today in office, many today in leadership are sick, even in their hearts and minds. Father, you said wickedness in high places, rulers of the darkness. Father, we bind up every evil and hindering and negative spirit this morning that's coming our way in the name of Jesus. That's coming America's way. That's already in America. We bind it up and cast it back to the pits of hell in the name of Jesus. And Father, we loose your blessing. We loose the spirit of obedience unto your word, unto your word in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake today. In Jesus' name we ask. Bless the segment of Jesus in the morning, Father. Have your way here. These are your people. Father, you made us all for your pleasure. And Lord, speak to your people this morning. Feed us all until we want no more, because we need your word. Father, your word heals, or your word set free. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Forever, O oh God, your word is already settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. Do it for us through your word this morning. Set us free, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You sent your word and it healed them. Send it this morning again, we are asking, and let it heal us today in the name of Jesus. Father, we need healing physical, mentally, and spiritually, more so spiritually than anything else. Hallelujah. Heal us spiritually this morning. Father, we have come out with the mind of your son, Jesus Christ. Oh, let this mind be in us today. That was also in Jesus. He wanted to obey you. He wanted to please you. And Father, give us the same mentality. To lift you up. To praise you. To worship you. To fear you, O oh God. Not be scared, but to fear you. Hallelujah. To love you. Oh, for it was you who first loved us. Help us today. In the precious name of Jesus, we are asking all of this this morning. And we thank you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah. There's none like him. And I was looking at Bashar Mitchell yesterday, and he wrote the song that says, nobody's greater. Nobody greater than you, Lord. Yeah. 
and that's a beautiful song. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good morning, Sion. God bless you this morning, honey bunny. <laughs> ah, yeah, God is faithful. So we're going to this one, uh, the first request of the morning. When we come back, we'll come back with uh, scripture reading and um, our testimony.
Radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm looking at this today. Um, There are quite a few of them. But I looked at Matthew chapter 10 and verse 15. And it says, There I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. I also looked at Luke uh, 11, I mean Luke 10 and 12, but I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in that day, tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Yeah. It, It talks a lot about different things here. Revelation 11 and 8 says, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom, and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Second Peter uh, 2 and 6 says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that are after should live ungodly yeah and our topic today is this what has happened in the world what has happened in this world because the earth is the lord the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein what happened to they that dwell therein well what happened to the living people And today, what's happening with Christians in the world? What's what's happening? What's going on? A lot of times, we want what we want when we want it, how we want it, and as quick as we want it. And God don't always move like that because he he always has perfect timing. It may not feel perfect to us, but it is perfect. He makes no mistakes. He's on our side. He knows what we need, when we need it, how long we need it. He knows all of these things. We know nothing. We, we, we can't even wake ourselves up in the morning. But we, we want what we want when we want it, as fast as we want it, how we want it. And if we don't get it, we throw temper tantrums with God. and we on our knees crying sometimes. But I want it, Lord. Oh, Lord, I need it. Don't need nothing. Because he supplied it needs. <laughs> if you needed it, you'd have had it yesterday. That's if it was a need. And we got to grow in him. We got to learn to grow in almighty God. Daily. Stop the pity parties because, you know, we love those. We love drinking pitiful punch, eating pitiful chips and you know, they bring out the pitiful cake and ice cream. We love that. Some people are not going through as bad as they're pretending, but it gets them attention to be pitiful, to look pitiful, to act pitiful. Uh, they always got something sad to say. Well, how you doing today? My toe broke. You see them tomorrow. How you doing today? I have the worst headache. You know I suffer with migraines. If it's not a sickness or something else, oh, they threatening to take this. Oh, they threatening that. Just something all the time. 
because we want attention. We want what we want. But God is looking for some bold soldiers, strong, bold soldiers. He can't use the weak. Because if you're weak, you're going to lead other folks in the ditch with you. All of y'all would be weak. It would be the blind leading the blind. God needs some bold soldiers. He needs some folks who are going to stand up for what's right and not ashamed to do it. And not talking about what they or how they are going to feel. If God's word said it, I don't care how they feel. I'm going to obey the word of God. And we should wake up and not see negative in everything. Believers, we shouldn't be doomed every day with every every little thing come our way. We doomed. Oh, child, we, we just do this world that's going to fall apart, oh, this and that. He said he was coming back. He's, he's looking for the church without spot or wrinkle. He said he's bringing down a new heaven and a new earth. He said he sent his son Jesus away to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also. What's wrong? At a church I attended, they sung a song that says, what, Oh, Zion, what's the matter now? What is wrong now? Yesterday you was complaining you didn't have bread. He brought you bread. Today you don't have water. He brought water. Tomorrow you don't have meat. He brought meat. Uh, the next day you're sick. He healed you. You fell down. He picked you up. What's the matter? What's happening in this world with believers? I'm not talking about the world of people who have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Many don't even believe. They think they're doing this thing by themselves. They think they own their own. They think it's because of what I'm doing that I'm blessed. Yeah, and they don't use the word blessed. They say, I got this because I did that. Listen, without God, you can do nothing. Not in this earth that he made. Not in this world that he made. But the believer, we got to shake ourselves and go on and shake the devil off. Shake, shake, shake. Come on now. Shake the devil off. Shake, shake, shake. Shake the devil off. Shake, shake, shake. Shake the devil off. Yeah, we got to shake him off. In the name of Jesus, shake the devil off. He's under my feet. Under my feet. Yeah, we got to shake him off. Because that, that's his way. Negativity, always down, always complaining, grumbling, murmuring. That's the devil department. That's not God. I don't care what happened. I can wake up telling God thank you. I don't care what go on. If I'm part of it, if I'm in it, I can repent, shake myself, forgive myself, and move on in Jesus. I can't stop right here. Oh, I done did this. Oh, I did that. Oh, oh, Lord. Get with them intercessors in a minute. Look here, intercessors, I need y'all praying with me. I need y'all praying for me. And some people want to know, well, what you, what you, what you need prayer for? <laughs> Look, oh, good morning, Sacrapine Combs. Good morning. God bless you. Good to see you. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just have to move on. I, I can't stay there. Because of this, he's a forgiving God. And if he has forgiven me, I can forgive myself. But in order for this to be this way, we got to make God real in our lives. 
He got to be more than in a book. He got to be more than in the Bible. King James, the new version, international, whatever version you got, he's got to be more than what you got in that book. He inspired man to write 66 books of the Bible. But he's more than 66 books. It's stuff we don't even know about him. It's stuff he did that he didn't even allow them to write to us because we would lose our minds. So we got to go back to the old past. Take a look around and choose this day whom you're going to serve. Choose the day to prepare for the coming of the Lord. He's coming back. He's not a lying God. And when he come back, he's not coming back as this kind, merciful, loving Savior. He's coming back as the great judge. And we don't want none of this stuff. Uh-uh. I don't want nothing in hell. Nothing. And hell is hot. Enlarges itself daily. I, I went out yesterday and I uh, took Jerry out and myself. And, uh, I forgot to leave the air on. So yesterday morning early, it was freezing. And I turned the air off and uh, went on through my day. You know, shower, got dressed, went pick her up, her and Calvin, and we out balagant or whatever. And listen, got home after 4 o'clock. And here by 3 o'clock, it's burning up hot. We could feel the heat. On our back and faces and everything going into, I'm like, Jerry, you feel that? She's like, yeah, I feel that. So got back, no air on. Hot. I turned the air on and then turned, a while later, I turned the fan on, fan on the ceiling fan, and it helps the air to circulate. And for me, it comes a little quicker. I'm talking about hot. Usually, I, when I get in the door, I just go through the shower, but I got in here, I couldn't do, I sat down, overwhelmed with the heat. And you think I want something in hell? You think I want to go to a hot hell? I don't have to. The choice is mine. He has opened up the windows. He opened up the door. He made the way. What more can he do? He gave us the opportunity to have faith. Well, to receive him first. Have faith, trust him. He gave us his word. He gave us his spirit. My goodness, what more we need. Even gave us choice. So we need to choose this day, believers, Christians, thanks of God, who we are going to serve. Because the scripture says the world is getting wickeder and wiser. And when you look out there, it has already. If you look over in in, in, in uh, John, 1 John, I believe it is, the fourth chapter, it's going to talk about the Antichrist. It's going to tell you he's already here and been here. He's not coming. He's been here. If you look over in St. John, we call it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you look in there uh, over in Chapter 10, I believe it is, verse 10. It's going to tell you that the devil come but, listen to that, but to steal, kill, and destroy. As soon as we don't stay focused on that, we're trying to get some other stuff. We say we're trying to grow. We're we trying to get the, the prosperity stuff down. We're trying to act like these people. And we 
folk go to church every Sunday and hell raise Monday through Saturday. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? We got to get this thing right on a daily basis, every day. I can't wait till Wednesday Bible study. I can't wait for Friday night prayer meeting, Tuesday night prayer meeting. I can't wait till Sunday worship. And we only going to go one time on Sunday at night to church close. Listen, I need it daily. And I'm not so particular about having that building. I don't really need that building, but I do need God. I do need his son, Jesus, the mediator, the man, Jesus Christ. He, God gave us him. We can go to him and he carried a petition to the father. And I believe God really answers when we go through him because that's what his word says. And not only that, but listen to this. That's that begotten son. That's that son that never committed a, a sin. That's that son that God truly loved. Not that he don't love us, or but he loved Jesus. That's that son that obeyed him. That's that son that he taught. And what he taught his son, his son brought it to the earth to teach us. So when that son bring a petition to God, not only does he hear, but he asks. But where's our faith today? Where's that faith? Are you growing in faith in God? So you got to get in the book. You got to study and let the word of God get in you. You get in the word and let the word get in you. I remember David said, that word I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. He said he might not. But the more words you put in you, the more flesh going to come out of you. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll cut you open, cut your heart open. The word of God lets you bleed out what shouldn't be in there. Bleed out the bad. Bleed out the sin. Bleed out the wrongdoings, the wrong thoughts. Because, see, we do creatures anyway. But we still got some things. So that word will cut it out to let you bleed it out. And guess what? The same word will heal it back up. Sew it back up with the new stuff in your heart. But you got to get in the word of God for yourself. You got to pray and ask him for wisdom of his word. If we look at the book of James over in chapter 1, I believe it is, verse 5, he said this now. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. Y'all see, I bring this stuff over and over. I try to bring this over and over to jar our memory, to put us in the right frame of mind, to do the right thing by almighty God that have all power. Because if we don't remember, we won't get it. We got to stay with that foundation, that solid foundation. You can build when you're ready. But make sure we're ready to go to the next level of building. Because some of us, we on the foundation, we still on milk. We haven't got to meat yet. But we need to get to meat. Because daily, as we focus on him, daily, as we study his word, daily, as we remember his word, we begin to grow in him. Some people say, oh, I don't want to hear that no more. That's, she said that the other day. She talk about that all the time because you're not ready. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. We got to get real with God. Some of us, the only way we truly give him the whole heart, something has to happen. He takes something from us that we really, really want. We feel we really need this. That son that the mother loved so much, he said, I'll never speak to you again. 
I'm never going to let you see the grandkids ever again. Baby, if she don't go to God on her knees crying and whining, I'll pay you. Till God bring that back, that's where she at. Now she's willing to grow. <laughs> well, we ought to be willing to grow in him. And we went to the altar and said, I do. You went to the altar and asked God to come into your heart and live forever. And now you walked away from the altar and it's still your thing. You're going to do what you want to do. No, sir, no, ma'am. That's not how it goes. Uh-uh. Listen, we're going to this one. All right, all right. Let me do a little bit of this request, and then we're going to our first testimony of the morning, and then we're still coming back with the topic of this. What has happened in the world? I'm talking to the believer. I'm asking the believer this question. Because where do you see yourself in the world? Are you the candidate that sit on the hill that can't be hid? Are you showing that you, the savor of the earth, you would give the earth its savor? Are you one of the ones holding up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ? What, what, what's your part in the world? Because, see, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're just passing through. This is our workstation. We work here. But one day we're going to clock out for the last time. Yeah, we're going to be with him. That, that's if we got this together, if we got it right with him. Heaven is a special place, and I promise any and every thing just don't reside there. Yeah, and it's already all right. Okay, I got to play a little bit of this one, and, uh, well, I may be able to play the entire song, and then when we come back, we're coming back with our first testimony. Again, we're going right back with the topic of the day.
I'm going to just share, you know, over these next 20 minutes uh, about my story and my journey uh, to what's happened, you know, from the beginning to, to now. Now, I grew up in, in the United States of America in a Hindu Punjabi family. Now, uh, I've got one uh, fellow Punjabi brother over here. I don't know how many other Punjabis there are here, 
Uh, but growing up in, in that family, uh, I, I was actually quite strong in my Hindu faith, almost more so than my parents. Uh, they were more nominal with the faith, but I was always the one that wanted to, to go to the temples. To I am so sorry. We did that one yesterday. Y'all bear with me one minute here. I'm going to one more song of the morning. And uh, when I come back, uh, hopefully we will have the right testimony because I, I got to look for it again. Let's go to this one. What the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. Took the old and he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God now I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood I'm so glad that my freedom Wasn't based on what I've done the power of the blood so much power in the blood oh. I thought I deserved oh to be six feet beneath the The things I've said, the choices made that I regret, oh, I would still be lost, oh, but for the mercy of God. Now I'm alive to tell the story, how I've overcome, it's a goodness and mercy. In the power of the blood, I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. The goodness and mercy in the power of the blood.
um, my mother-in-law's home. As we were building a home on a property, she turned the TV on the Huntley Street. And um, that woman could have been me. Her life was so parallel to mine, everything. And uh, right there, the Holy Spirit just moved in my heart, and I knelt down and I gave my life to Christ. We were doing a children's ministry 20 minutes south in the town of Paisley. And then I was listening to Brian Dirksen's CD, which had a Canadian focus. And there was one song on that CD called Pasagüe, which is the Ojibwe word for rise up. And uh, I don't know, God caught my attention. God said, you know, there's a lot of hurting kids just north of you. Our first immediate question was, how do two white people show up on a reserve to work with Native kids? But you don't. <laughs> and uh, God really just took, had control of, of it all. And he led us to a pastor, which was Philip Ritchie. And so Philip asked us to come to his church and share our vision for children and for ministry here. And so we did. His words that came out of his mouth sent us to our knees because he looked at us and he said, We've been praying for a long time that someone would come and work in our community with children and youth. And so 19 years later, here we are, still loving kids, still picking kids up on a bus, still telling them about Jesus. I always tell the kids, be proud of your First Nation. That's who God made you to be. The kids know this place, and uh, they come, and they, they have a lot of fun. It doesn't matter what you're living in. What's going on at school, in your community, God loves you. And he has a great plan and a future for your life. To look back at uh, where God has brought us on our journey of life and faith, we never would have even dreamed that we, we would be at this place, helping kids embrace the love of Jesus. I hope it's not too low. Let me see. Just love the bright story, you know. Stan accepted an invitation to have a relationship with Jesus. It transformed his marriage. In fact, his wife, he thought he'd become an alien. And transforming the community because of their heart for Indigenous people. And Huntley Street was involved in that. And that's what you're supporting when you give to this ministry. So thank you so much for making a difference in people's lives, Cheryl. Absolutely. And, you know, all this month, as our thank you gift to you for your support of this ministry, we are offering this book, When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. Incredible idea about toxicity, people who are toxic in your life. And as you're trying to be, you know, nice Canadian, nice Christian, uh, when is it okay to walk away? This book walks you through that. It's so very helpful. I absolutely loved it. Here's how you can get your copy. God has given each of us a gift to let our light shine for the world to see. But at times, toxic people can hinder who God has called you to be. There are those toxic individuals that are out there that they're going to be a waste of time, and they also deplete you from reaching out to others. It's time to create the kind of life that would compel people to respond to the gospel. From best-selling author Gary Thomas comes the book, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. In the book of Luke, how many times Jesus walked away from someone or let them walk away from him without him chasing after them. This month, with your ministry gift of $25 or more, 
or when you become a new monthly partner, request your copy of this insightful book that shows us how to focus on our God-given purpose. Call 1-800-265-3100 or visit crossroads.ca slash freedom. Request your copy today. What do I want? I want to know myself, and BetterHelp makes that possible. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform with a network of over 25,000 licensed therapists, making it easy to find a therapist that will meet you right where you are. All you have to do is fill out a quick questionnaire to tell them a little bit about yourself. What issues are you going through, and what do you want in a therapist? Every question helps the platform connect you with a lot. And it is a great book, very challenging. And I've actually got your copy here, and it's all marked. <laughs> yeah, right? I love this book. I was yeah. totally highlighting it. Well, and the thing I love about it, too, is it's got what's called a takeaway. So you read a chapter, and you think, okay, I want to be more useful to God and what he wants me to do. And how do we do it? It's very, very practical. We want to get this book into your hands. It's so important, very practical, 1-800-265-3100, or you can go online to crossroads.ca slash freedom for a suggested gift of 25 dollars or more and be prepared to be changed absolutely and thank you so much for all you do as well we now head to vancouver where maggie john met up with a young man who initially got involved in a kidnapping it's an incredible story with an ending you would never expect take a look at this my next guest was a new immigrant to this country looking to fit in when he got caught up into a world of danger and drugs but eventually led him to a place he never expected to be Thanks for joining us, Vaz. You are so welcome. Good to be here. So you came to BC yes. around 12 years old. That's right. And what did you what did you think of this new world that you entered into? Right. It's pretty amazing, to be honest with you. I came from Hong Kong. It was a culture shock for me. Uh, it's quite different from what I was born with and used to. So I need some time to adjust to this new space and... And, and a new place where I, it's quite different than my first place. Now, like anybody who no. comes to a new place, you want to fit in, you want to make new friends. Mm. So you tried to do that and ended up in a really dark world. Tell me about it. Right. Um, I remember the first few years of, you know, entering to high school. Um, it's just hard to fit in like what you said, especially the, the language barrier. I couldn't speak English this well before. Like I was just trying to figure out what everybody is trying to say. So I was becoming like a, a loner, like a mute in, 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 in school. I met some people that also came from Hong Kong, that also speak my, my home language, Cantonese, and I, feel, I felt an instant connection with them. Um, so, yeah, I started to hang out with those people, and some of them were actually belonged to some local Chinese gang, and therefore I started to get to introduced to a brand new world that I was not used to before. So that led a, into a life of drugs, alcohol, tell me, partying. Tell me about this lifestyle. Right. Um, I used to be a, a straight A student. I, I used to be very good at math, as <laughs> the stereotype of many Asians should be. Um, my mom always wanted me to become either a, an accountant or you know, some of the stereotyping professional titles. A safe well, profession. Exactly. <laughs> but um, but even though I was very good at math and, um, and, and all that kind of stuff, but I, I was very lonely inside. Now, these new friends brought me to a, a, a brand new world, so to speak, like partying, um, like what you said, like taking some drugs, 
weed, alcohol, cigarette, and after partying for, I don't know, year and a half, two years, I, I come down to a point where I felt like, yeah, I, I, I'm having this new sense of freedom. But then I, I'm losing everything else. I'm losing my relationship with my family. I'm losing my, my schoolwork at school. I'm losing even some of the, the good schoolmates that I used to hang out with that I didn't used to, that I didn't hang out anymore. So I, I, I did some soul searching at, at, at that moment. And, and I remember this very, very um, incident that I, 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 I remember I went down to this one particular party. Didn't talk anything that day. Didn't drink any alcohol. Didn't get any weed. Didn't do any drugs. So I was standing in the middle of that dance floor, so to speak. I was looking up at the DJs, and then I did a, one, a 360, and I saw that all these people were like zombies, just looking up at the turntable and just moving crazy. And then, and then I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, so I had been one of them. So that was kind of like a working moment. Yeah. And I was like, wow, do I still want to continue to live like this anymore? Or is there a bigger purpose in life. So you're starting to explore your purpose, starting to think about the lifestyle that you're living, mm. and then you decide that you're going to go to Taiwan. You've been offered a music opportunity, try to get away from the bad influence, but then you get a call from a friend. So yes, I um, started off this new adventure in life, this new purpose in life. I wanted to become a, a musician or performer, so to speak. So I started to develop my own rapping skills in Cantonese and Mandarin, and then starting to form my own hip-hop group with some musical friends locally. And then we got picked up by uh, these record labels in, in Taiwan. So we were about to head off there. But, um, but back in the time, uh, we were, I was living far, far away from the city in a city called Pokulong. And every time we might have to go to downtown Vancouver or Richmond, to the recording studio, it took quite a bit of time. So my, my family, my parents, out of their love for for supporting me, uh, we moved to a uh, city closer to the airport, Richmond. So the house in Kokulam was in vacant. And then yes, I got a call from some of this old friend from before that they wanted to use the house. Long story short, um, the, that incident became a kidnapping incident. And then the, the victim was actually stored inside the basement of my parents' home. I've got a problem that I'm pretty sure you can help me with. And yes, you will be paid for helping me. Actually paid very, very. And so eventually the police caught wind of it. They knew that the victim was in your parents' basement and you were arrested. Yes. It's more like they got arrested. And then of course the house was a parents, so the police called my parents. I went down to the old to, the, to, the, to my old house with my parents. And then the police was there, and then and then they came and handcuffed me right in the front of my front lawn. You were eventually found guilty and sentenced to how much time? I was sentenced to 12 years. What's going through your mind, Boz, as you're you're now you're a young man being sentenced to 12 years in prison in Canada? I remember when the judge, like you know. Um, of my sentence for 12 years, I, I, I at the, the first second I thought that I must be hearing this wrong. But then when reality kicked in, when I was dumb into a cell, when, when that reality kicked in, I, I was paralyzed. Just didn't know what to do once again. What was prison like for you? The prison mentality is 
always surrounded with women and sex and drugs and gang pride and how can we make a name, street credit, all that kind of stuff as you can imagine as, as we all see in, in the movies. And I wasn't used to that. I was a musician. Like, I got some gangster friends. Yeah, I mean, sure, but it was all for party. It wasn't for me to sell drugs or, or, or that kind of stuff. So I, I, I wasn't so, so used to that. Um, and I didn't have a lot of street credit to talk about. Like, you know, what street credit can I talk about? Like, I rap a little bit here and there, dealing with different companies and whatnot. So I, I felt very lonely once again. So eventually, there's interaction with Jesus. <laughs> yes. and, and, yes. Yeah, unexpectedly. Tell me how this happens in prison. Yeah, I've been in prison for about a year. Lost my girlfriend at the time. Left me on my first birthday in prison. Like, my, my life was pretty dark. Great depression. Didn't even want to go to get food from the kitchen anymore. So I just stuck, I, I, I just stuck in my cell the, the whole time. And lo and behold, there are some brothers and chaplain from the prison chapel came knock on my cell door, try to reach out to me, brought me back to the chapel, try to bring me up again. So I started to read the Bible more, started to go to services, try to attend Bible studies, so I get a better understanding of Christianity. But then there was this one day, I remember it so clearly, I was in my cell, there's this one day, I was in my cell, and I was reading this scripture, I believe it's, it's the last portion of, of Matthew, Jesus said, I'm always with you to the end of the age. And then at that moment, I was just being really authentic, and I, and I was just like, hey, God, you, I cannot feel you, I cannot sense you, I cannot see you, I cannot talk to you, I cannot hear you. You say that you're with me to the end of the age? Like, how is that possible? But then um, right after that, I, 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 I burst into tears, and I said to him, but if you are real, come talk to me. Hey. Because I have nobody else. Hey, glory. Now, a few weeks later, right before lockup time, we were praying. And I was really frustrated that day. And then in my heart, I, I, I said to God, I was like, you know what? I surrendered. Because I, I lost my appeal again. And I just lost all the opportunities that I could get my freedom back, so to speak. So I, I, I said to him, like, you know what? I surrendered. And then not too long afterward, I saw this vision of a great white light coming down from heaven stopped right in front of me, and then entered into my heart. And then my whole body just kind of like a little bit electrified, a little bit tingling, just a little bit, not not, not so much, just a little bit. And then a peace came from the core of my heart, just extended to the rest of my body from head to toe. And I felt someone was wrapping his arms around my my, my body, and then I heard his voice. don't be afraid. I am your Lord, and I will rescue you. And at that moment, I just believe it. I don't know why, but that, 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 that voice seems like something that is someone that is so close to me. Never heard it before, but I feel like someone so close to me, so I just believed it at the moment. And later on, um, I slowly come back to reality, so to speak. Your um, sentence was uh, taken down to four years? You ended up serving four years? Yes. Four years in prison. Yes. Um, and so you were able to, to get out. Mm. <clears throat> Tell me about that, having your sentence shortened. Do you feel like that was an answer? My sentence didn't get shortened, but I was granted an early day parole. Mm. That means I have to serve my sentence 
um, ever since that experience with Jesus, I started to learn more about him. I started to study courses at Bible college. And then I started to become a inmate peer counselor. So I started to help out a lot of inmates within prison with the chapel crew and the chaplaincy uh, in prison. So I started to learn how to serve God in, in, in so many different ways. So probably because of my, my contribution to, 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 to the prison, uh, I got reason to be granted early day parole. Yeah. You have now started ministering, going back to prisons and ministering there. You've also become a pastor. You've made some great connections with uh, people like Brian Dirksen, who have partnered with you and helped you. You have you've changed your life. You found that purpose that you were searching for. Exactly. And now you're you haven't forgotten where you were, and you continue to serve in that community. Explain why why do that. I believe it is a calling from God that maybe through my story, I can inspire somebody. Maybe through my transformation, I can be a living proof to the inmates that making a mistake is not the end. Um, Jesus has a greater hope and, and a purpose for all of us. If we can stick to him, stay with him, we can stay on the good path. Oh, so good. You've written a new book about yeah. your journey, your story. Tell us what the name of the book is, when it will be released. Mm-hmm. So the book I named it beyond my wildest imagination. Because everything that I've been experiencing so far is beyond my wildest imagination. <laughs> Every single part of my journey, especially right after I met Jesus. And this book is scheduled to be released early 2020. That's great. Thank you so much, Vlogs, for joining us you today. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an amazing testimony. The first one, the... Uh, Knew nothing about church and God, none of that. They parted, went to bars and everything, and the husband. Devoted health pass, $5,000 in dental. But what happened? The husband, you know, he get in there. He he, he finds the Lord, and he come home, and he tell his wife, we're not doing this no more. We're going to church. And so she accused him, accused God of messing up her marriage. But then she got a chance to come to the Lord. See, when you're serious, the husband, the wife, when you're serious about God, and if it's a woman and the husband is not saved, the scriptures say the husband is won by the conversation of the sanctified wife. So you stay holy. You stay true to God. I don't care what he does, what he says, how he does it. You stay true to the word of God and true to God and watch God transform that thing. Yeah, he'll transform it. And, 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 and you won't have to suffer. If it's a son or a daughter, and, you know, you got saved, but, you know, they're not. And you, you allowed them to do whatever they were big enough to do. Y'all, you know, got the latest CDs, you know, worldly stuff. And, you know, you got the video games in your house and, all the madness, and you dress them according to the world. Mom, I want this. I'm Dad, I want that. Listen, and God call y'all out. You get saved. You give your life to Christ. Your children didn't get that yet. They're not used to going to church, but you take them. They're your children. Until they turn 18, you have the right to train them. So you take them to church. They don't like it. 
But you keep praying and you let them see the light of Jesus and you got to transform your children. I am a living witness. He will transform your children. He'll transform your husband or wife, but we got to be true to him. He'll transfer that, transform that supervisor on your job. Them people at the church don't want you to have a leadership position. They don't like you. He will transform all of that. He'll redo it. <laughs> redo the total relationship. Yeah. Sometimes it's people, they just don't like the way you look. They don't like what you stand for. But let God transform you. Don't you do it. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Let God work it out for you. But a lot of times we let our flesh work it out so it end up to be a bad thing. But if we'll be true to God, true to his word, I'm a living witness here working out for you. You have to give the devil back all his tools. You have to turn your back on worldly stuff. You have to die to your flesh. Because see, your flesh won't what the world is offering. It's fun. There's a lot of things out there, some good things out there. God made the heavens and the earth. So out there, it's, it's, it's some nice things. Out there in the world is quality stuff. Yeah, they made it with better quality. Some things out there, God don't have no problem with us having. But we got to make our calling and election sure with him. And we got to always take self-inventory of our motives. Why do I want this? Why do I feel I need this? Yeah, you always got to take self-inventory. Because if not, you'll find yourself reacting to your flesh. Now, now you want to get the, the, the red bottom heels. Ain't that what they call them? Now you want the stilettos. And we have to really and truly keep our eye off the world. Yeah, we got to be careful with all of that. Because now I want to wear stilettos. They look so good. Let me tell you, I was looking at makeup. And I was looking at, next thing I know, I said, I'm going to get me some makeup and try it. For what? So my skin can break out worse? So I can look like a real clown? I don't think so. So I just left the makeup where it was. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Yeah. You often hear me talk about this, and people don't like it because they want to do what the flesh want to do, what feels good to the flesh. Yeah. So they, they, they it's my thing. I'm, I, I, I know what he said, but I don't like that. I like this. I'm telling you how they are. They say they believe believers. They're the people of God. That's what they say. They're men and women of God. But he said, your mind, if you obey me, listen to this. You belong to him if you obey him. Now, that's what he said. You can hold it against me if you want to, but I don't see where you can. I wasn't even there when God inspired man to write it. But I know it's the truth. When I'm obedient, I'm his. If I become disobedient on purpose, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a his. I don't belong to him. He told Peter to feed his sheep. And, and when I tell you, let me tell you something. 
it's a hard thing for me to get past preachers up looking like the world. I, 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 I'm just telling you. I, I, I can't hear what you're saying for what you got on. Because, see, I'm looking in the spirit, and I know God when I see him, and I know the move of God when I see him. A lot of these people up in their flesh talking, and then other flesh lovers, they go along with it. Yeah, they accept that because of the flesh want to be pleased. I don't, I, I can't do it. I got to ex, ex, accept that which is spiritual, which is the truth. They bring all this stuff in there. They entertain you. That's what it is. It ain't leading you to God. It's not taking you to him to stay. It's not preparing you for his return. It's preparing you for tomorrow on your job, tomorrow at home, when you get paid, when you do this, when you drive your new car, when you go buy a car, when you go buy a house. It is preparing you for the earth. But we need preparation for heaven. Again this morning, heaven is a special place. And just any and every old thing don't reside in heaven. Now, he said he's bringing out a new heaven and a new earth, but that's going to be for heavenly people. That's not just going to be for in and every old body. All that will be done away with. Only what we do for God is going to last. What has happened in the world, Christians? What has happened in the world, people of God? Where do we stand in the world? Why do we need so much worldly stuff? Why do we need the ways of the world? Why do we need to know what's really in the world going on that we could be a part of? Why can't we separate ourselves? Come out from among them and be separated. Let him be our God and we be his people. Let me tell you something. You talking about a confused people? And these folks say they believe us. These folks say they got the spirit of God living in them, but confused. Messed up because they're not coming to God for God. They're coming to God because they want something from him. They need him to do something. And if you don't need him spiritually, I don't know what to tell you. Because if you need God spiritually, your life is hid in him. He's going to take care of you. They diagnosed me with pre-diabetes, but diabetes won't overtake me. I, I won't have diabetes. Yeah. The spirit of God lives in there. I let the spirit have its way. But see, we thinking this that old-fashioned thing and, and this bondage and this, this. Jesus was in bondage. Didn't he go to jail? You think you go to jail and be free? He, they had him bound. They made him take his own cross on Calvary's Hill. He suffered, he would, but we don't want to suffer, and we don't want to go through. We want everything to be peaches and cream. It won't be that way. Must Jesus bear the cross alone again today, and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. I know there's a cross for me. Prayer is in our order. Personal prayer at your house. In your car, on your job, wherever you go, in the grocery store line, it, it, prayer is in order. While you shopping online, prayer is in order. Personal Bible study at home is in order. So a lot of this stuff, folk was going through the motion, and they living through the pastor. They living through the church folks. They living through the pastor wife. Now, I got to live through Jesus. 
He's the way, the truth, and the life. I got to have his way, not what these people teaching me. Again, this morning, there's a way seem right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. I'm trying to help somebody today to come to God for real and stop playing. Time is really and truly winding up. If ever there was praying time, it's right now. If ever there was a time to draw closer to him, it's right now. Again, this morning, we don't know the day hour when he's returning and we want to be prepared and ready to go. Nobody's skipping and slipping off into heaven. You can't just go to the altar and say I do and that's it when the harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. We pray that God would send more labors into the vineyard but how about the work he called or chose you for? Before you entered your mother's womb, he already knew what he wanted to do with you, but would you let him today? Can he depend on you? What can God depend on you for this day? August the 4th, 2022. What can God depend on you for? Really and truly be serious. Because some people think, I'm on my way. I got him. Let me tell you something. You're going to be surprised at that judgment. You make your own movie. You're recording your own movie every day. We record our own movie. We're the the leading man or woman. We got the leading role in the movie. We're the movie producer, director. We're everything. And when we stand before God and he play that movie, what will he see about us? What will he see about me? What will he see about you? Will he see his love in you? Will he see the work that he called or chose you for has been done? Or will he see you was more off into stuff and things? You was more into your family, your children. You know, let me tell you something. I separated myself from my own family, if I'm honest. Number one, I'm like, I, I, I don't do all kind of stuff. I don't gamble. I don't go to the, the gambling house, what they call them, the cafes, you know, they still got them undercover, illegal ones they running. I don't go to Vegas to gamble. If I went to Vegas, I'd be going to see Brother Frank, pray for his house, pray for his sister. Uh, I, I, I don't drink liquor. I got a natural high. Yeah, God bless me to have be drunk in the spirit. Anytime I get ready to get drunk, I can get drunk in the spirit. So I, I don't need a drink, alcoholic beverage. Now, wine, that's, that's a whole total thing. That's dinner, you know what I'm saying? That's a glass of relaxation. That's not a glass of escaping nothing. But liquor is a different story. You're trying to feel some other kind of something. I don't know what it is. But we say we're the men and women of God, but we're doing our own thing. And the Bible is far from what we're doing. The word of God is far from it. Because that's our roadmap, the word. The spirit of God. The spirit of God is far from what you're talking about and far from what you're doing. So we got to be careful. We need to give him our whole heart, give him your total life. Because your life will be hid in him. 
I heard him saying the song, my life is not my own, and it's not. I came to Jesus just as I was. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was weary, wounded, and sad, but I found in him a resting place. Today, I'm so glad. Oh, you have no clue how happy I am. I found him for myself. And I'm not selfish. I'm not just sitting back, getting all I can get from him. He's waking me up each morning. I'm breathing his air. He provides food, a roof over my head, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. I have hot and cold running water. I have electric in my home. I have a car to drive, a decent car to drive. Gas got pretty expensive, but he yet blessed me to keep a full tank. Car insurance, what life insurance, whatever I need, he has supplied. And I don't want to just take all of these blessings and needs and give him nothing. So my thank you, Jesus. Sit down on him. There's a daily work for me unto him. And I want to get it done. Look, God began to bless me. And I had to repent for grumbling and complaining. For the last, ooh, I want to go on and say months. The Lord has used me. And I'm telling you in a way I've never been like that before. I can't explain it to you. You know, I can't tell you everything. But anyway. I, I just went on. I didn't, I didn't wasn't quite sure on all he was doing or how he. I I just trusted and went on. And when I tell you, I saw the goodness of the Lord. I saw the benefits of God. I I, I saw the pay. When I looked around and I got my paycheck, I was in awe. And all of it wasn't cash. It wasn't money. Some of it was healing. Ooh, some of it was being closed in my right mind. Some of it was the use and activities of my limbs. I'm telling you, I'm 65. I'm not who I used to be. Things has changed. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful. Got my, got my, my white streaks coming in my hair. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Some people dye their hair. They cover it up. But I want you to know I have wisdom. That's why I got me some grace. I've been here for a minute and I learned some things and it wasn't the foolishness of the world. I learned for real that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believed on him won't perish but have everlasting life. I got my gray streaks coming in, but I learned this. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. They give liberally and upbraid his not. I learned that without him, I can do nothing. I learned that I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Oh, I feel all right right there. I learned I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And look, because his word says so, that's who I am. Because the word says so is what happened for me. I believe again this morning. We said it yesterday. But again this morning, those of us that come to him, we must believe. 
what his word says. We must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We got to learn to trust God with all our heart and lean out to our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him. He's going to direct our path. Look, if you're not sure it's God, tell him. Say, Lord, I'm not sure this is you, but I believe it's you, and I'm going to step out in this by faith. Stop me, Father, if this is not you. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything against you. I only want to obey you. I promise you, if it's not God, he's going to put a stop to it. If it's him, he'll back up and let it go on. And sometimes it appears what we've done is a bad thing. Oh, how did I get into this? Oh, what happened to me? Why they came at me like this? I, what did I show up? He showed up nothing. We did nothing wrong. That devil comes seeking whom? He made it by. So Suspender and I was talking about that last night. Listen, he said this. Have you considered my servant Job? He said, no, but I will. <laughs> huh? So many times that devil may say, well, hey, God, I mean, God may ask the devil, have you considered Jerry? And that devil look at Jerry. No, but I will. And God got to tell him, okay, you can afflict us. You can take a children. You can take a house. You can take a car. You can take a money, but don't touch your life. Can't touch a life. My life is not my own, you see, because her life belonged to him. She gave her life to God. She asked God to come in into her heart and live forever. A lot of things we'll go through. I heard a Bishop White, Mr. Clean, say he was sick, felt like he was sick unto death. He thought it was going to be the end for him. But God came in and healed his body, raised him up again. He done come all out with the new song. I don't look like what I've been through. Because he had gone through real bad. Sickness is something serious. Not feeling well is not a good thing. I'm not sick. I'm just not doing what I used to do. Because some things, it's time to cut that off. When we get a certain age, it's time to cut things off. I'm 65. I'm not going to be out here looking like I'm 20. I'm going to let the 20-year-old and the 25-year-old and even the 30-year-old, the 40, even some 50-year-old, I'm going to let them have it. I'm going to stick with the 65. I go to the prison as often as I can, and there be God can. And uh, one told me one day, she said, oh, I like that dress. I said, thank you. She said, oh, it's for an older lady, but it's got a twist to it. I said, thank you. Because I want to dress appropriately. Yeah, I want to dress according to my age. I want to look according to my age. I I don't want to be 65 out here trying to play like I'm 19. Cut it out. As Jerry says, stop it, I say. Yeah, we got we, we to gotta line up with the word of God. Apostle Paul gave us a dress code. And I know they feel like it's their thing, they do what they want to do. 
God ain't, he said, render your heart and not your garment. And he did. But when you render your heart to God for real, he going to teach you about that dress code. He going to teach you about dressing as the coming of holiness. Not still trying to hang on to your youth because it's slipping away every day we losing it. I, I, I basically lost my youth. I'm an older girl now. <laughs> and I must carry myself as an older woman. I love to laugh. I love to joke and talk around, uh, if you can call it joking. But I like funny stuff. I like laughing. I've been told I was a joy to be around. Men and women have told me this. But now, when it comes to the world, I gave the devil back all his tools. The dressing tools, the Makeup, all of that. Now, I do love perfume. I can't help myself on that. I do like a good body wash. Yes, yes, I like all of that. But that's for me. That's not for the world. That's what I like. And God don't have a problem with me smelling nice and fresh and clean. He don't have no problem with that. Hair wash, clothes wash, body wash, you know. But now when I get off into this other Beyonce dressing, y'all hear me talk about Remy Ma. That was my girl back in the day. All that kind of Keisha Cole hair and all. Now that's not God. That's me. I'm looking in the world and I'm dressing according to the fashion of the world. See, let me tell you, it's supposed to be a dress code different because of this. The world's supposed to know who to come to for prayer. They're supposed to know who to come to to get demons cast out. They're supposed to know who to come to to get things fixed. Back in the day, they used to call the preacher and the pastor doctor. In the Baptist church, every now and then you hear him when the preacher up preaching, every now and then you hear him say, go ahead, doc. Go ahead, doc. Because the preacher was the doc. The pastor was the doctor. You don't know where they're at today. I, I, I barely can tell who they are. Because they look like Beyonce. And baby, they'll change their hairstyle, women, 30, 40 times a week. I used to be that way. Let me tell you something. You see me Monday, I had long hair. Wednesday, I had short hair. Thursday, I had red hair. Friday, I had uh, black hair. On the Saturday, I had blonde. Sunday, I might have been platinum blonde. I was not happy on the inside. I wasn't happy with myself. Once I got happy with Barbara, every time you see me, I got that bond. I know Thelma was sick of that bond. Come on, let me do your hair. Well, do it. It's only going to last for so long anyway. I keep saying I'm going to get it done. I turn around and get it done. I'm happy on the inside. I'm happy with myself. I'm more than blessed with Jesus alone. I got the Father and the Son. I have the Spirit living in me. I don't have to do all this stuff and waste my money like the world waste. Went yesterday, got the feet done. They're so pretty. (laughs) The toes look so good. 
And I know nothing wrong with keeping your body up. Nothing wrong with soaking them feet and, and all of that. We walk on these things. Some people walk on their feet. Sometimes we got the, the, the between the toe shoes on, dust and all that on your feet. And you shower, but it's still on there. You soak that thing like they did mine yesterday. Oh, they got down. I was so blessed. I do my own nails. I don't got to have all that. But I tell you, God is faithful. And we should want to be faithful. We should love him so much. I don't care what he says, what he expects of us. We should stretch out in it. Look what he did for us. But we treat him the way we treat people. The way we treat people, we're just selfish. If it's not me and mine, I, I can't see it. I can only give to me and mine. What I get from you, pray for yourself here. Yeah? And pray that the Lord bless you. Because I'm not coming to bless you. If I come for anything, I get all I can from you, but I'm not giving you nothing. Yeah, that's that, that, that's the mentality of the so-called church people. I see it every day. I see it all the time. Irene and I was talking. And uh, Irene was telling me about, I support you 100%. And she was telling me, I, I, I love you like a friend and like my sister. And I support you. 100. I don't want to just come to just take from you. If I can be a blessing to give you, that's what I want to do. And some days when I look at Irene, I know God put the relationship together. Yeah. And in such a short time, listen, I can talk to Irene about things I couldn't talk to nobody else that she understands just as good. And a, and a translate it back to me, explain it back to me so that I know that she understands exactly what I'm saying. And sometimes it's starting off, it looks like a bad thing. Oh, no, I got to be careful. Oh, no, don't do Oh, no. Oh, oh. And God said, hold on, hold on. I'm letting you ride the wave because in a minute the, the, the water going to come and you're going to be blessed. I see, when we do what no one else would do unto him, when we don't even know, but we trust him, God going to make it all right for us. But what is happening, what has happened in the world, Christian people, true followers of Christ, believers, the saints of God, what is happening with us in the world? Again this morning, are we the light of the world? Are we the candle that sit on the hill that can't be here? Think about it. Are we what gives the earth its savor, its flavor? Are we lifting up the bloodstained banner? When the light shines on you, is it shining really still in darkness? Or have you comprehended and made Jesus your true choice, and you're really following him. I'm held accountable. Every word I give, I'm held accountable. Every word that I share with you, there's a day coming when I'm going to have to stand before God for all of this. 
And will he be able to say this? Well, you taught them, but were you living it? What were you doing behind closed doors? The proof going to be in the pudding because he's going to play the movie that I recorded. I can't accuse you of recording my movie because you couldn't. Only I could record it. What will God really see? People like the fleshly stuff. Uh, they love a testimony when I talk about prison and what happened to me and this, that, that they can they can get down. But when I talk like this right here, they sleep. They don't want to be. I got women that I work with, and I told you some of it. I can't tell you all, but I told you some lost their children. Sometimes it wasn't their fault. Sometimes it was their fault. They allowed the enemy to come in. See, that devil, he set up. He set us up. He know women love men. He know women get excited about a man. Some women, they function in high. They, they, they high functioning as long as they have a man. And as long as he's pushing them or he's making them feel the way that they want to feel, they function high. Some of them, they're calling themselves a boss. Don't even know what they're talking about. But anyway, they say they're the boss, foolishness of the world. But listen, the devil know this. So he'll send a man. And he'll put the man where he look like he high functioning and you, he, you know, the both of you on the same page, you on your laptop, he on his, y'all got websites to keep up, all oh, y'all just doing business, all oh, you, you making money. She high functioning. All of a sudden, the rug is snatched from under her. Here comes some other woman. Well, he been staying with me for six months. She falls right there. She falls right And I'm not talking about worldly folks per se. I'm to my church-going folks, folks that say they believe it. Snatch the rug from under her right there, and she can't get back to function high. Everything starts coming down. Everything starts going down because she needed that man to keep her functioning high. Yeah. Yeah, the devil sent it. You love your car. You so love your car. If they say you need an engine, you you will be willing to take your house note money and put an engine in your car because you love it so. The devil knows it, so he sent a tractor trailer to hit your car. Total it out. No repairing. You can put an engine or anything you want in there. It, it, it just won't be the same. So what ends up happening is it, best you just go get yourself another car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we got to give our all to God. And you know what I love this morning? I love it that somebody received these words. And somebody applied this to their everyday life. Somebody want it. Somebody want God for real. Somebody really striving for perfection in God. 
because I, I was telling the Lord, I said, you know, I should just go away a while. Just, just go away and don't, don't worry about it, you know. Do ministry live in the streets and come to Jesus in the morning, maybe once a month. Can't do it. Oh, I done tried some things. Believe me, I done tried some things and thought I would get away from it. Uh-uh. Can't do it. Got to be obedient. God knows somebody is prospering from this. Somebody is blessed by this. Yeah. And some preachers come and get a portion of it and use it for their ministry. Mm-hmm. They bring it in a different way. I brought it this way, they bring it another way. Still a blessing because the people being blessed if they can grasp this. Yeah. All right, but Pastor David, I got to that's what my sister did, husband did one Sunday. Okay, okay. Yeah. God is able. You know what? I realized too how much power God had when he saved my oldest brother. Yeah, y'all know I just like the truth and I just have to tell it. My oldest brother was a whore. Lot of women, lot of women, lot oh boy, lots and lots of women. But look, when God saved him and turned his life around, I knew he could save and turn anybody around. When he saved me and turned my life around, I know he can do it for anybody. But we got to love him enough to strive in him. We got to love him enough to study his word, pray and read. If you ain't studying, read it and pray and ask for wisdom. Pray and ask God about the, the work he called or chose you for. Lord, show me the way to do this. Because some people can't step right out by faith and go to work. I stepped out by faith and went to work and been working ever since. Yeah, I didn't go to no pastor. Well, I did go to Bishop and tell Bishop. And as I was telling Bishop, he called me. Bishop said, well, you got something in this right now? I said, yeah. He said, all right, we'll do Bible study tonight. She got something. And when I got through, he said, you know, Barbara Mack, he said, uh, I was Mack at the time. He said, God used you this evening. He said, you taught me. He said, now you, he said, what you did, Barbara, you reminded me. You brought me back to some places where I need to get. And I thank you for that. Yeah. You see, I stepped out in faith. Lord, don't let me make no mistakes. But I, see, I made my calling election, election. I knew it was God. I wouldn't come into Bishop unless I was sure. So I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I stepped out in faith and been going ever since. And the more I go, the more he blessed me. I'm blessed today. Oh, I can't wait until tomorrow. I can't wait. If I can just hold out <laughs> until tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's blessing me right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Constantly, always, keep in communication with him. You're going to know his voice. You're going to know his voice. 
And I don't just sit up in the house, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't do that. <laughs> I enjoy myself. I go out sometimes. Yeah. When I yesterday went out for a wonderful lunch. Yeah. I see the results of God in people. Uh-huh. I see people striving and trying. Yeah. And I thank God for it. Hallelujah. I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. I'm going to the next request of the morning. And uh, we got a little time. I'm going to come back with one more testimony.
just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the Morning Radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, Miss Vicky Whining. Shake yourself loose. Oh, yeah. I remember when Vicky first come out with that one. And uh, I like it. And thank you for the requesting it. And I got to hear it again. Yeah, that bass player was getting it when it was Louis. Yes, sir. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We're going to our next testimony. Welcome back to my YouTube channel. I'm Shanique Beckford. If you're new here, welcome. Please make sure you go ahead and like this video. Leave a comment down below. Share this video with someone and definitely subscribe. So today I'm going to share um, a quick testimony with you guys. I had shared it before, but I really want to go ahead and share this part of it again. Um, especially because the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about this since this morning. Um, we're in a pandemic. A lot of people are struggling or suffering. There are some persons that you know they're finding very hard to get a job. They're living from paycheck to paycheck and so much is just going on um, with responsibilities, bills and life on a whole has become extremely difficult for a lot of people and the season that we're actually living in right now. And um, so as a result of that, I really wanted to share on the issue of depression and suicide because a lot of persons take this thing very lightly. A lot of times when you tell somebody um, you're depressed, people usually, you know, just um pass over it and say oh, why are you depressed um you have money you have family you have friends um you can go to job you know why are you depressed you're just trying to get attention you're just seeking attention and so forth and we should not actually look at depression that way or when somebody says you know they feel like committing suicide it's very dangerous and it should be taken um very seriously so um, a few years ago, um, the Lord had actually um, given me an outer body experience where I saw um, a particular place in hell. And I do believe from what I saw, this is where suicide, where demonic spirits um, torment persons who have committed suicide. If you have any family members or friends that have actually committed suicide, my condolences to them and I, I'm really sorry. It's just sad oftentimes that we don't speak the truth when somebody dies. We usually say rest in peace and a lot of times the truth is a lot of persons, there's actually no peace. I do understand the reason behind it and it's very sad and it's hard for me to come and actually talk about this. Um, the truth is never easy but when somebody actually commits suicide, there is no there's no option for them to repent after committing suicide and so they pretty much end up in a place where you wouldn't want your family to be in. No. So I remember I was being taken um, into a very dark, deep dungeon, a very dark place in hell. And I remember 
there was like a demonic spirit that pulled me from a certain place and he was taking me down the further down i went it was like the darker it got except i don't think that the hell could actually get any darker um the noise was extremely horrible the scent the smell was extremely horrid but um what i really want to focus on is i remember that they brought me down to a place where when I got there, it was like, um, it was kind of something like a tree house or a shed. But I do remember it was like this little, this small little space where it was built. It, it looked like it was built out of sticks or mud. And I can't explain it, but it was in a small little area. And when I got in there, when the demon, when the demons pushed me in there, I remember I was looking around and I started to look on some of the things that I saw. And I remember it's not very long. And I remember I saw pretty much everything that could actually be used to commit suicide. There were guns, there were ropes, there were um, like tablets and some things with, with like red writing on it. I'm not sure what those things were, but of course there are things that people actually use um, to commit suicide. And there were so many things that persons actually do use um, to take their own lives. And I remember the demonic spirits, after I was there and I was looking what was happening, the demonic spirits started to come around and they started to torment me and to push me and to force me into taking and using some of the things that were there. And they were, they were just tormenting me provoking me to kill myself except I was in a place where I could not die but I remember it's like they were torturing me to you know take the pills or to hang myself or something like that and I saw demonic spirits also that were coming and going and they were like taking stuff and just leaving coming and taking stuff and leaving and I after after coming out of that experience and you know praying and talking to the Holy Spirit about it I've come to realize that this is where demonic spirits actually come and you know they would take things um to the earth realm and they would tell people they would try to convince or tell people um take the pills kill yourself use the rope to hang yourself so on and so forth so this is what i saw in hell i remember i had objected and i decided i was not going to take anything i was not going to kill myself i would not give in to this thing i remember they became extremely upset and they began to pull and tug me here and there and they were pulling me sideways backwards they were they were just tormenting me pulling and sucking me all over the place now i remember when they pulled me out and on as i said it was like it was this building that was there this um shed or um tree house or whatever it was that was there it was kind of like on the edge of like a precipice or something and when they pulled me outside i remember they had me on the edge and when i looked over and um, there was a very deep deep place that went all the way down at the bottom it was extremely hot it was extremely hot listen words cannot explain the heat that is in hell words cannot experience the heat that is in that place and there is no escape it doesn't matter how much you call out for jesus how much you repent there's just no escape and I remember they started to tell me, if you don't do this, we're going to throw you over. Of course, I didn't want to go over. I was calling for Jesus, which made them extremely, um, extremely upset. And I remember they threw me over. When they threw me over, it was, it, it, when they threw me over, it took almost like eternity for me to get to the bottom. That's how deep this place was and when i saw it immediately in the out of body experience i remember the lake of fire and i remember 
when I was going down, the closer I came to the bottom, the closer I came to the bottom was the more heat I started to feel to the point where when I was almost close to the bottom, I remember feeling the heat like on my skin, like the hairs on my skin were burning and coming off. The And the closer, closer I got, I know this sounds a bit repetitive, but the closer I got, I remember my skin, the heat was so intense that I could feel like my skin was scorching to the point where it began to peel off when I got into the lake of fire I remember it's like it's like I did not die and that's the funny thing it doesn't matter how extreme things become things get in hell you just do not die so you're feeling the extreme pain the extreme torture but it's it's like you're not dying it's like it's like you're dying a million times but you are not dying um so it's just constant pain i remember i fell into the that lake of fire and it was extremely extremely hot the heat was max on maximum and i remember my skin started to peel off I began to saw the layers of my skin and I remember it got to the point of like bones and I was just there and it's like it was just like a recurring thing and I wouldn't die it was really 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 bad and I was just there calling out for Jesus until I eventually just woke up from this um, out of body experience vision this is something that really has changed my life um, life has been life i mean god has been so good to me so good to all of us and uh, we really shouldn't complain there's always somebody going through worse but every time i remember my experiences even last night before i went to bed it's funny that the holy spirit began to talk to me and remind me about this particular experience this morning because last night i was laying in bed and i started to remember my health encounters and this is my encounters are something that has always kept me rooted always kept me grounded in the word of god in the will of god because when i close my eyes to sleep at night on various occasions i'm always remembering everything that i saw everything that i felt and because of all of this i've always tried to make sure that my my life is intact I'm living a life that is pleasing to God and I'm just walking that narrow path it's not in a sense where I'm scared of going to hell or I'm fearful of going to hell but it's in a sense where I do not want to go there so I make sure that my life is pleasing to God so these experiences have definitely kept me intact I've gone to sleep at night and I've prayed that I will not go back into another vision like that or an outer body like that or I would not not wake up and find myself there so i'm always repenting before god um but i wanted to share this with you because a lot of persons have asked if someone dies that have committed suicide do they go to hell or do they go to heaven the sad reality is suicide is it's, it's a sin suicide is definitely a sin it is something that you can't repent for and so when you have committed that sin you're naturally going to go to hell without a chance of praying for forgiveness or praying for mercy so then what do you do what do you do in this case so um when this, so I'm sharing this to say to you that because we're in a pandemic because so many things are going on um with our leaders with churches with pastors um our family members our friends 
check on them. This is a time where we need to call people and check on them. Pray for them. Do not take for granted. You may not have money to give them or you know help be able to help them with groceries or anything like that. But you should call and check on them. Pray for them, you know. Give them a few jokes here and there. Find out how they're really doing. If you can go to see them, because sometimes people can say they're okay over the phone, but when you see them, you get to realize that they're truly not doing okay. If you are struggling with depression, you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, you should talk to somebody. Find somebody to talk to. There's no judgment. There's no criticism. You should talk to somebody. Find somebody that you can trust or find somebody that you don't know that there will definitely be no judgment. Or even if they judge, it doesn't matter because you know you're in a free atmosphere. You don't know the person. But definitely talk to somebody. Do not just sit and go through what you're going through alone. The next thing is, um, so I did say seek help in talking talking to somebody also seek help if you need help financially seek for help there's no shame it doesn't make sense you sit you're hungry you're going through expenses your landlord is about to throw you out your mortgage is piling up back to back months up on top of months it doesn't make sense you sit and you go through this all alone talk to somebody ask for help if they can't help you they can't help you but you never may know who might be in the position to actually help you to be a blessing to you and never don't allow pride to cause you not to ask for help it doesn't matter what anybody says it is better you ask and they help you than for you to sit I mean what would be worse you getting kicked out of your house living on the roadside or you actually asking somebody to help you it's very sad that a lot of times family members do not help and they say they don't have any money but if you if you die, they'll have to find the money to pay the marg. They'll have to find the money to pay the doctors. They'll have to find the money to do a funeral, to host a burial for you. But when you're alive, they can't find the money. I mean, which is cheaper? Is it cheaper to lend me $5,000 to bless me with $100? Or is it cheaper to bury me? So we have to change our, our perception in this time. I do think it's a time where families should come together. I think one of the reasons that, one of the things that we should take away from, you know, being in this pandemic, um, being in the... Radio, not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. All I can say that that one is kind of... Whew. I... I, I I had to kind of let my thoughts kind of catch up because it was going kind of fast. She was talking really fast and she had an accent. I mean, I got it. I got everything she said, basically, but um, that one went really fast, really fast uh, in her sharing. So I have one more for you, and um, this one is... uh, a life-changing testimony, finding purpose in pain. And this is Sister Susan Joshua. And so we're going to take a listen to her. Let's start with this. I'm a person who's never spoken in my school, college, church, or even in front of my mother-in-law. But I get to speak here on this Lead Talks platform before all you brilliant and educated minds. Don't you love God's sense of humor? This stage has seen many talented and educated people, but God is here to prove that he can use even a nobody like me for his glory. 
So I'm so nervous to be on this stage and speaking, standing before you all, but I'm glad that I have this podium. I'm hiding behind it so that you can't see my arms and legs shaking. <laughs> I'm so humbled and privileged, you know, uh, to God for giving me this opportunity, this platform to share the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ and to share with you my life journey, God-given story of how I found my purpose through pain. I grew up in a good Christian family. I know uh, great parents who taught me the love of God. I did my school and in, uh, college here. In my college days, every parent wanted their kids to study engineering. So like everybody else, I also did engineering, in electrical engineering, not really knowing what it was. And I'm still trying to figure out how to fix an electric bulb at home. So in the beginning of the year 2000, even as we welcome the new millennium, we as a family met with a major road accident. Our taxi driver had dozed off. It would have been a head-on collision, and we would have all been smashed to death on the spot. Had it not been for my older brother, who was sitting next to the driver, immediately steered the wheel to a sharp left. God gave him the presence of mind to do what he did on that day. Our car just rolled down the road, hit a tree which got uprooted, we were all thrown out of the windshield and we landed on its branches. But we were all alive but unconscious by God's grace. The villagers who took us to the hospital, I remember what they said. They said that many accidents had happened in that zone and it's an accident prone zone and no one has ever survived there. Glory to God for keeping us alive. And this incident got me thinking that God has kept me alive for a reason. And my work on earth is still unfinished. Yes, you and I are alive to finish the mission, the work of God that he has started in us. Then I grew up in my old small corner, not having a clue of what was to come in my life. When I was in my teen fellowship, my, my teacher encouraged us to pray for our future partner. So around my 10th, 11th grade, I started asking God to give me a God-fearing man who would marry me just for me. My friend and I even wondered if he'll ever get married. Uh, you know, years later, God answered my prayers and I got married to a fabulous man, a man of visions and tasks. And God has blessed us with two wonderful children. I'm so blessed to marry a person who didn't expect anything from my parents and who just married me for me. I would like to encourage all the single men and women sitting here to start praying for your spouse. It's never too late. And to take a stand against dowry. Life is going so smooth and comfortable. God's purpose was at the back of my mind. My husband and I were involved in a few ministries together, but I felt my life was going nowhere. I was living my life randomly. He convinced me saying that his purpose was my purpose. And, uh, you know, uh, I was supportive of his work. But I was trying to fit myself somewhere, you know, some ministry or some work, but I couldn't. So I was asking God for my specific calling. So we took this mission of finding out my purpose. Uh, so at the beginning of the year, 2017, we did a 21-day fasting and prayer as a couple for the first time. Uh, asking God for my purpose. 
I asked God what his plan for my life was. But I never expected to find the answer through pain. You might never know how the answer might come packaged. And I believe that this is how God put me onto this journey. In the first few months of 2017, I felt a few lumps uh, on my throat. Uh, I ignored it, never took it seriously. I thought it to be a common cold infection. And later in April, so April 2017, I developed another one. And this time, my husband and my sister-in-law, Dr. James e. Peter, you know, he, they wanted me to go to the hospital immediately for a checkup. So I went to CMC Wello for the checkup. They took some blood test, scan, and biopsy. So I was praying that the biopsy report would be negative. But from the looks of the doctors and my sister-in-law, I knew that something was serious. My life came to a standstill when I was diagnosed with stage two thyroid cancer. I did not know what to do. I was so shocked. I felt everything was crumbling down and I was just holding back my tears there. You know, uh, we just came back home that night and I remember in the prayer time, I remember holding my husband's hands and crying. You know, I don't want to die at this age, not so soon not without finding my purpose. But I looked at my two children and wondered how they'll ever grow up without a mother. And then, you know, the procedures for the surgery continued and the road left the travel to Vello became very familiar because we were going up and down for the test in a row. God directed us to one of the best surgeons in town, Dr. Paul MJ. He advised us to go through a surgery and a radioactive treatment he and his team did a wonderful surgery, praise be to God, for the successful surgery without any complications. It could have damaged my vocal cords or my voice or parathyroid glands, but praise God for the successful surgery. But only during the surgery were the doctors able to realize the spread of cancer throughout the neck and many clusters of lymph nodes had already been invaded. Post-surgery, I would have to go through a radioactive therapy for which I have to be quarantined, isolated in a separate room to restrict the radiation exposure to people, especially children and pregnant women. We were already, I would be like a power back actually. We were already away from the kids for many weeks during the surgery and the procedures. The thought of staying alone in a hospital room during the treatment was not a pleasant idea, but I made up my mind to stay there. A month after the surgery, I was ready for my therapy. I packed my bags and clothes for an, uh, to stay there in the hospital. For that, a full body scan had to be taken to find out if there's any trace um, of the cancer, of the disease spread to the body, or any residual cells on my neck. The time taken for the scan was getting longer and longer, and I was getting anxious. But I was still praising God at that moment. After a long scan, the doctors from the medical, uh, the nuclear medicine department called me and my family and they informed me in a very surprising tone that they took a longer time to scan because they couldn't find even a single cancerous cell in my body or in my neck. Not even a trace. Jesus has done already, he's done a miracle already in my life. Praise be to God. It's only because of him. 
And in doctor's own words, they said, it's a very rare case. And it's only the hand of God. It's a miracle. Less than 1% of all the cancer patients go out without a therapy and just with the surgery. I was one of them. I didn't have to go through any therapy. I went back home rejoicing that the same day. What a relief and, and, and joy filled our hearts. And, and we felt gratitude in our hearts for what we witnessed that day through our God. Yes, Jesus bore all my sicknesses on the cross. I'm now completely healed by his stripes. And I'm now 100% cancer clean for close to two years now. Praise be to God. In his mercy and grace, I not just survived cancer, but I thrived in it. You might be sitting here with a physical ailment or might not. You might be going through emotional sickness or some kind of obstacles in life. I would like to encourage you that when you get rooted in him and in his words, you will not just survive in any situation, but thrive in it. In Japan, they say broken objects are repaired with gold. The flaw is seen as a unique piece of the object's history, which adds to its beauty. Yes, the flaws and the scars that you may carry in life will be made beautiful in God's own time. Every time I look at my physical scar on the neck, thanks to the surgery, I know for a fact that I am made unique and priceless in God's sight. The day I was diagnosed with cancer was filled with fear and doubt. The very word shook me up, it gave me jitters. But that night, as I mentioned, when we came back home, we prayed. There were no words to express in prayer. Only tears would come down. As the psalmist says, tears are prayers too. They travel to God when we can't speak. God keeps track of all your sorrows and he has collected every tear in his body. But you know what? At the end of the prayer, God reminded me of the specific purpose that I've always been praying for. And that's it. There were no more tears. There were no more fear. We could see God's bigger picture in this situation and as to why he would allow this in my life. Remember the song which says, though the sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Yes, I traded all my sorrows for the joy of the Lord. The next day, God prophetically revealed the name Christ Can as the name of the organization I should start. The word can from the word cancer and the Bible verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, in Christ, we are more than conquerors. Sitting in the hospital, my heart went out to the cancer patients who were in the last stages. You know what their biggest concern and worry was? It was not even about their deteriorating health, but about the future of their children. What will happen to their children after their death? The mission of Christ Can is to answer this pain of a dying parent by giving holistic approach to the children whose parents, one or either of the parents, died out of cancer. Through this organization, we support the education of the kids, and also I journey along with young women cancer patients through emotional and prayer support. I would like to share with you a few examples from Christ Can. Life is so full of uncertainties. There's this brilliant little boy whose father was diagnosed with colon cancer. 
He was a committed missionary. And in just the two months of diagnosis, he passed away, leaving behind his young son, a little son and his young wife. They did not know what to do. But now God is helping this little boy to continue his education through Christ camp. Our goal is to see this little boy to grow up, to be a talented boy, and to follow his father's footsteps for the glory of God. There is this another story of a girl whose father also was diagnosed with cancer. He was the only earning member of the family. After his death, his mother, her mother did not know what to do because he was the only earning member of the family. So out of sheer desperation, she became an egg donor for infertile couples. There was a lot of complications and risk to her health, and there was even a higher chance of developing cancer herself. But she earned money through this because it's substantially more than what she otherwise can earn. She did this to run her family. She even got loans to educate her kids. And this is when Rifecan was introduced to her. And we now help single parents you know, to help educate their children. And we also, we're also able to share the love of Christ to these people who have been hurt by tragedies. And now we, today in Rifecan, we have about a, a dozen children whom we help. Uh, the kids who have lost either of their parents to cancer. And we celebrated our first Christ Camp Christmas celebration in December 2018 to celebrate God's faithfulness and goodness. It was so satisfying and such a joy to be around to see these lives transformed. I would not be doing what I'm doing if I had not gone through this. But God chose to work in me, work in me this way. It might be different in your place. And through Christ Camp, we want to stand and we stand for integrity with the funds that we use in the right way. And we want to give excellent care to all the kids who are part of our family. I want you to watch a short video of my, you know, just to run through my life journey. Spreading the love worldwide www.jesusinthemorningradio.com
Hallelujah, Pastor Pinkney, this morning, and I do love that number right there. And uh, what I tell you is like for me to get tired of singing <clears throat> in this particular song. Whoever's playing, oh, they got it down to a five seconds. And I thank God for good gospel music. But we heard that last testimony, and uh, she had cancer. And uh, when she heard that news, overwhelming, distraught, oh, I could imagine, got home and prayed her and her husband and uh, trusted God. And when she went back, they found nothing, no type of cancer, no nothing. And so that is truly a blessing. That's our God. This is what he's able to do. There's nothing too hard for him. With God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Jehovah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. And so we're grateful unto him this morning, and I'm thankful uh, for all he has done for me. And so I got a double take on a request, and uh, I will play it at the ending uh, of everything. I will play it. But today we are still looking and talking about what has happened in the world, and we're talking about for Christian people you know, believers, the saints of God, you know, Christians, you know, what's happening? What what are we doing again for the third time? Are we the light of the world? Are we the candidates sit on the hill that can't be hid? Are we what give the earth its savor? Are we working in the vineyard unto God? Uh, is it that we wish none should perish? What are we doing? I can remember when I first met Brother Frank, uh, he wasn't able to get out and do stuff like, you know, I could. But he worked the phones. All day long, he was on the phone talking to somebody about the goodness of the Lord. And some people, he would send them here. And um, go there and take a listen. Go take a listen. And so he, he brought several people through. Um, one lady I really remember, Sister Jeanette. And I think it was Brother Frank's sister-in-law, if I'm not mistaken. And then Sister Linda. Sister Linda and I are still friends from California until this day, Alabama area. She, she lived there, I think, first and then moved to California. But she and I became friends, and we've been friends ever since. And each morning she sent me um, something of encouragement, you know, you know how they send a little things with scriptures and different stuff. So she sent me one and I sent her one back. And so I'm grateful uh, unto the Lord that we can work unto him. Your job may be just to give our tracts or just to give our scriptures on a little piece of paper. Whatever it is, be faithful at it. Because God is looking for faithful workers. He's looking for strong, bold soldiers. And how you become bold, you pray. For holy boldness, yeah, and God will give it to you, yeah. Okay, okay, Brother Lewis, uh, the prayer request is pray for Las Vegas. They had flash floods that contaminated the water supply, and there's been a lot of flooding. So we're praying for those people uh, that are going through. I posted over on LinkedIn, you know, pray for those that have flooding in their areas. So we want to keep them lifted up in prayer. And um, we we just thank God. We just thank God. And we give him glory, honor, and praise. And 
we ask him for what we want. And when we pray for people like this, he see that our hearts are not selfish. We're not selfish people. So he'll come in and move. Yeah. Because we doing what he said to do. We love. And we I mean I often put myself in the other person's place. How would I feel if that really was me? What would that feel like to me? What would I want someone to do for me if I was going through something like that? Yeah. And a lot of times we don't do that. We find a reason to uh, criticize, you know, uh, talk about, you know. We don't find a reason to pray, and that's what we got to learn to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm even working on that myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, listen, let me do this double take of Dorothy Norwood and praise in the temple. And when we come back, I will pray us out.
<laughs> Darcy says she feel a praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, we're going to pray out this morning. I got to get out of here. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And uh, tomorrow is Friday, is it? Yes, ma'am. Tomorrow is Friday. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get some live testimonies, some live people to come and uh, testify. If not, we will continue uh, what, we're, what we're doing. But tomorrow we'll bring hopefully testimony after testimony of different things that has happened in people's lives. And that last one where the lady had cancer and God healed her, she said he brought pain to get her to move in her ministry. Because had he not brought the pain, she never would have moved. If she never would have been diagnosed with cancer, she wouldn't have obeyed God. Isn't that something? So God can use anything. If it's for you, you're going to do it if you're willing. Sometimes you don't know what it is, or sometimes you don't even know that you're willing. So God will make a way so that you know, this is what I chose you for. This is what I call you to. I need you to get up and work. Because we're holding up people blessing. Yeah, the people waiting on us, and we sitting back, talking about what we talking about, talking about what some man told you. No, I'm going to talk about what I believe God called me to. I'm stepping out in faith and obeying him. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. Forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. We thank you this morning for all you've done, for what you're doing right now, and Father, what you're going to do. Great and mighty thanks for your people. We're yours this morning. You made us for your pleasure. Father, as we depart this morning, we ask that you would lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake. Lord, help us to turn in our hearts your word. Let us turn in our mind your word. And God, let us focus. Anything come our way, let's remember what your word said. Help us, God. We can't do it on our own. We need you today. We need wisdom, the wisdom of you and your word. And Father, make us fishers of men today. That God, we will launch out into the deep so that we can catch the fish to bring to you to clean. Oh, do it for us. The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. We ask this day in the name of Jesus that, Father, you would send more laborers into the vineyard. But, Father, remember what you called or chose us for, or called and chose us for. Or today, we want to get our work done. The hours were spent. Yesterday is gone, and tomorrow is not promised. Father, we are here in today, and we ask that you would move for us. In a mighty way, bless those that stand in the need of finances, those that need a roof over their head, those that need transportation, oh God. Father, move for their children. Just move for our families, God, in the name of Jesus. Bless our going out today and bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, we ask all of this this morning in the name of Jesus, and we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. Hallelujah unto his majesty. Thank you, Father. May the Lord watch the 
between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day, and I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today in the name of Jesus. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and have a blessed, blessed, blessed day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was looking for the song. I think I went right past it.
feet God giving no matter who Just as sure 